I suspect all of us um, have a tendency to one political group or another, whether that is uh, the Liberal Party, the Labor Party or the Green Party, we see something within those parties that we find attractive. Well, for me growing up in Melbourne with the surname of Hamer, we were always labelled and mistaken for being Liberal supporters or related to the Premier of Victoria, Sir Rupert Hamer. And by the way, uh, no, we're not related. Uh, but it did lead to many an interesting t- late night telephone conversation, especially despite my father's northern UK accent, and um, them thinking they were talking to the state premier. But would you or could you support a party that came out of the policies, say, that... Uh, we're going to tax everybody a heap more money just to pay for ourselves. Probably not. Or what about we really don't care about the poor as long as the wealthy are happy and will be happy. I suspect that uh, that may be too much for us to continue to support such a party. Christianity is often thought espousing family values. But this morning, if all you read in the Bible, if you knew nothing about Jesus, and you just happened to flick over verse 26, you would have real concerns about Christianity, wouldn't you? But it still comes as a shock comes to shock when we read that we are to hate our parents, wives, children, our siblings. But it even goes further than that. One must hate oneself if that's and if that's sorry, if that's not enough, we must be prepared for a shameful death. That is basically what it means by taking up one's cross. It wasn't just a simple figure of speech in Jesus' day as it is today. Imagine if that was your first introduction to Christianity. Jesus is not, I'll say it again, not denying the importance of family and how important it is to live in supportive harmony with them. What he is saying is that when there is an urgent task to be done, as there was, everything else, including one's own life, must be put at risk for the sake of the kingdom of God. The same is true with possessions. Many of Jesus' followers, though, then and now, had families and owned houses and land and didn't feel compelled to abandon them. But being prepared to do shows the sign that one has understood the seriousness of the call to follow Jesus. As any of us at any time might be called upon to give up everything in order to be able to respond to an emergency. If we are not ready for that, we are like a tower builder or the warmonger 
who haven't thought through what they are really all about. But these, these two images, the two images of the tower builder and the warmonger, also carry another message to the people listening to Jesus, although somewhat cryptic. Think about it. What was the most important building project of Jesus' day? The temple in Jerusalem. Herod the Great had begun this huge program of rebuilding and beautifying the once great temple. His sons were continuing this work. Thrown into this process, Jesus, who comes along and says that God has abandoned this temple, this program that had come at great expense, both financially and physically, would all be destroyed in 70 AD. A building program unfinished. Likewise, it is not too difficult to draw a line to Jesus' contemporaries who wanted to go into battle to drive out Rome. Again, one can only guess that the Jewish people who wanted a war had no real concept of who they were going into battle with. The resources of Rome, their army, were far greater than the people of Israel. If they had have known, they would have been well advised to seek a peaceful resolution. But alas, as we know, that wasn't the case. Jesus' listeners were more concerned with hanging on to other things, family history, their ancestral positions. They thought that war would set them free. So Jesus is confronting them with a real emergency that was in front of them if they continued on their projected course they had seen to have laid out in front of them. Jesus is calling them back to be the people of God. Remember that they were called to be earth, to, sorry, called to be salt of the earth. The people of God who through their lives would keep the world, the word of God, the world of God tasty to those around them. But if the people of Israel lose their tastings, what was left? What was left for them? If they were not representing God to the nations, what were they? This warning about salt losing its taste backs up the cryptic message of the Tower of the Warmonger. It brings it to the full circle to the earlier message of Jesus. <coughs> And the all or nothing challenge. It's a warning about being part-time people of God. Jesus is putting up, confronting those around him with a moment of crisis. They have a choice. And they have to choose. And neither family, father, mother, wife, children or siblings should get in their way. Either be the people of God, be the real Israel in the world through following him, or they must face ruin, the ruin of the tower and the devastation of being completely destroyed in battle. Salt. Salt is worthless without taste. 
no good for anything. The bottom take of this is that it might be just bull poo. Well, many of you know that I have a great desire to see the church united, Anglican, Catholic, Pentecostal, whoever, united around Jesus and put aside our petty arguments, our petty tower building, our warmongering, our fighting with each other. It is one of the reasons that I struggle with labels like evangelical, Anglo-Catholic, Pentecostal. To me, we are all just struggling to be the people of God in the world. Yes, I'll admit, there are some issues, but I'm sure that there are more that unite us and divides us. All this does is show the world that we have lost our taste. We no longer taste like salt. And I think Luke had this in mind when he put this story down on paper. That he had in mind that these hard sayings to the ongoing of life of the church. Throughout church history, we've had trouble living up to Jesus' demands. But we've also shied away from bringing them to the world. We have watered down some of the hard stuff, the demands and the judgment of God. It makes me start to think that where are the towers, towers, where are the wars that our world and our church is hell-bent on building and fighting? How do we keep our taste? How do we remain salty and therefore useful? Well, I think we need to be listening to Jesus. He's calling us to do something hard. Is this something that we could be doing to be God's people here in Bourne? Well, I think there is. I want to give you two examples this morning. The first is to pray. And I know, I know, every minister that stands in the front of the church always calls people to pray. Problem is, praying works. But in praying, make sure you spend some time to stop and listen. What is it that God is wanting from you? What is He asking from you? The second thing is do something. Do what you might ask. Well, I've got a few things you could do. You could help out, get involved in. We are wanting to start a conversational English group here. We need help. People who can talk is the first need. We also need people who might be able to make coffee or tea or my children. It might be anything. Don't let my words limit what God might have you do. We need help with our children and youth. Help doing craft, reading the story, cleaning up our going afterwards. Again, don't let the words limit you. One of my great joys has been to be the significant other, other in the lives of a young Christian journey. It might be standing for parish council. We have quite a number of people that need to stand down this year because they've reached their seven year limit. We need a treasurer. 
and thanks to a number of changes over the years, it is a lot easier to roll than it was in the past. But don't, don't stop there. Don't stop there. God loves us. But more importantly, He loves us to be included in His work. Now, the night I had dinner with two mates of mine, guys that I grew up in my early Christian life, uh, I've known him for about as long as I've known Joe. Um, and we were talking about, they're a bit older than me, we were talking about what does retirement look like? What does retirement look like for a Christian? 